you're listening to Orgasmic Relationships, a podcast designed to show women how to create deep, passionate, soul-stirring relationships. Each week, we will discuss topics ranging from dating, situationships, marriage, divorce, and everything in between. So if you're ready to transform your love life and shift your perspective about what's really possible for you, you're in the right place. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome back to another episode of Orgasmic Relationships. I am your host, Sharika Matthews, life coach and relationship expert. You know, when it comes to talking about orgasmic relationships and what stands between you and the orgasmic relationship that you desire, one of the most common themes that I encounter from women is betrayal. Whether that betrayal comes at the hand of your husband, your best friend, or a parent, once you experience a betrayal by someone you love and trust, it threatens to change how you view people and how you view relationships. And that is why I invited our guest today, Mr. J. Mr. J is a betrayal trauma practitioner and an interpersonal relationship coach. He holds a master's degree in education, is ministry credential, he's a certified special education teacher and an author of a children's book, Am I Loved Right Where I Am. He's also a veteran of the United States military, an inspirational public speaker, an adoptive parent, and so much more. In other words, he loves people, he loves children, he just loves everybody, right? <laughs> but, you know, you ask your question, how did someone like Mr. J get into this field? Well, in his own words, his childhood was anything but success. After years of drugs, alcohol, and also in special ed, Mr. J quit school in sixth grade, ultimately living on the streets, falling victim to abuse after abuse. After the second gun to his temple, Mr. J vowed to fix himself so that he could help fix others. Determined, Mr. J put himself through school, researching self-help books, therapy, psychology, and spirituality. Mr. J learned and stands by this motto, the relationship you have with yourself sets the tone to all other relationships around you. And he also says relationships can break you, but even broken crayons can create beautiful masterpieces. Well, welcome, Mr. J. Thank you for joining me here today. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. You have such a, an incredible story, and, and I am so glad that you did not give up on yourself through all those trials and tribulations because you are such a gift to the world with the work that you're doing. So thank you for choosing your path. How sweet and thoughtful. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. But let's jump into today's topic because as a betrayal trauma practitioner, that's not a phrase I'm very familiar with. Can you tell me a little bit more about what betrayal trauma is and what you do as a practitioner? Certainly. Let's first of all, let's uh, I think one of the best definitions of trauma that I've ever come across is trauma is life-threatening powerlessness. Anytime we are traumatized, we are confronted with life-threatening powerlessness. Now, if you add betrayal onto that, it's life-threatening uh, or life-altering powerlessness 
done by your, one of your primary attachments or done by somebody that you, with whom you depend on. That could be somebody you depend on financially, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. So we can be betrayed by um, our pastor, our boss, um, certainly our partner, significant other. But we can also be betrayed by ourselves. And I say this all the time, you know, uh, a lot of people take care of their health and they drink their shakes and they do their meditation, but yet they're still um, diagnosed with cancer or some other thing. And they think their body uh, betrayed them or maybe God betrayed them or the universe. So betrayal trauma can come in many different forms. Um, but when it comes to people outside of our bodies, such as our parents or our children or our boss, boss, it comes with an intentionality, which mm -hmm. is what hurts so much. And betrayal hits all of our insecurities. Mm. And, uh, and just a side note, one of the ways you can kind of hone in on somebody's insecurities is just when I listen to them, if I have a couple, if I'm coaching a couple and I hear uh, hypothetically speaking, let's just say, a, you know, a, a, um, a traditional male, female couple and the husband is the one who betrayed. Let's just give that example. If I hear the, the, the wife saying or the female partner is saying, I can't believe you would do this. Do you think I'm that ugly? Mm -hmm. Well, okay, now I honed in on she associated her betrayal with she's ugly, which nine times out of 10 came from a message from her childhood. Or the next coaching session, I might hear, why would you do this? Do you, I can't believe you would think I'm that worthless. Okay, well now worthless is the internal dialogue she has. And so, um, so betrayal trauma is trauma, but it has such an intentionality to it. Not to mention, Sharika, it also has uh, its own um, private world. You can, if you lose a parent, God forbid, you can call your boss and say, I need some bereavement time. You're going to be met with three or four days off, maybe a week. You're going to be met with some condolences. Maybe some flowers are going to be sent to you. You can't call your job and say, I need some broken vow time off. <laughs> you, yeah. There's shame. There's embarrassment. There's all, there's stigmas. And if you do take time off, such as vacation time or personal day, Sharika, those are days you need to heal. You can't right. afford to take those times off. So it, it's, it's its own secret society. Yeah. Yeah, that is, I never thought about betrayal and how it pinpoints your insecurities. And as I was listening, it reminds me of why so many people have a fear of relationships. They have a fear of letting their guard down, a fear of trusting people, because relationships are all about being seen, being known, exposing your vulnerabilities. And when we talk about the term betrayal trauma, you're betrayed by someone and it exposes all, or you feel as if they're exposing all of your vulnerabilities and actually trying to dig into them more with the intention of hurting you. And that is really heartbreaking now that I, now that we're painting this picture here, right? So I'm gonna... Yes. Well, let me just say a couple of things. So what's interesting, Sharika, is that we, as the betrayed spouse, um, uh, feel as if there's so much intentionality behind it. However, just playing devil's advocate, when you talk to somebody who betrayed, they'll be crying half the time and say, I never meant to hurt A, B, and C. This was not intentional. I didn't do it because I didn't love so-and-so. I did it because I didn't love me. 
So even though we're affected, we're hurt, we're, we're ravished, our world just went through 9-11. Yeah. We're thinking, oh, you know, what, did my butt grow big? Is it because I'm getting older? Is it because I'm not cleaning the house like I get? And nothing to do with us. Nothing right. to do with us at all. And I do like the fact of what you just said as far as vulnerability. Listen, when we get into a relationship, we don't want a topical nonsense. We want this deep, passionate, look in my yes. soul, look in my yes. eyes, see my vulnerabilities, know my past and want my future. Yeah. So we give it our all. And then for somebody to come and destroy that and ravish and decimate that, it changes who you are as a person. Yeah. Which is why one of the things I always tell people is... When we go into relationships, we got to be careful not going into it with blind trust. We got to go into it with wise trust. Yes, I love also, that. When we go into our re- when, into relationships, we have to understand we can land, we can be the little bird that lands on the branch. And that's wonderful. And listen, you and your partner should be each other's branches, but you got to rely on your own wings, not the branch. Yeah. You trust the branch, you rely on your branch, but, but and, and you can even rely on that branch, but you got to rely on your own wings as well, because if that branch ever gives out, then what? Yeah. And for the listeners that, that are listening to this, that maybe haven't um, experienced betrayal trauma or have, and they can't put it to words. Let me just give you a quick story. Not sure if I shared this. You got to imagine a bridge two feet above um, land. It's a very thin, flimsy bridge. And you are on it, holding your babies, holding your two babies. You got a baby in each hand. Under that bridge, two miles down, is active volcano, is fire. Um, And so you know if you fall off that bridge with your babies, it's imminent death. And the person that you trust the most, whether that's your husband, your wife, whomever, your significant other, is leading the way. So they're leading you across safety, across that bridge. Mm -hmm. And there's time, Sharika, you're holding your babies and the smoke from underneath you is so thick. You got to put your hand on the shoulder of the person in front of you, your loved one, so they can guide you. Yeah. Then before you know it, that bridge collapses and you hold on to your two babies tight and you're falling. Your brain is hijacked. You're just in survival mode. You know you're falling and you have no idea where you're going to go, what's going to happen. But while you're falling, you look up and you see your significant other holding the hammer. They're the ones that made the bridge collapse. That's betrayal trauma. Mm. That is such a vivid picture because, wow, <laughs> that, that's almost breathtaking because the the extremity of that we we have we experienced that too many times in my experience or just in my opinion as well from outside of just i'm going to call it adultery or fornication just sex outside of marriage there are other ways that we are betrayed whether it's a a lie or you going behind someone's back and talking about them there are so many ways that some of us feel betrayed we expect our partner to be there to grab our hand if we fall but like you said, we look up and they're like, hey, <laughs> they're waving as you're falling down. They're not being that that leader or that confidant or that support system you expected them to be. The very person that you relied on the most is the one who caused the most amount of damage. Yeah. And now you're stuck with so many thoughts, so many emotions that are associated with so much childhood trauma and hurts and fears and pains and all this other stuff. While you're trying to, all this time, you're thinking, 
what was real, mm-hmm. what was this, what was, mm-hmm. while you're falling, holding your two babies, looking yeah. up, with, 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 while you're afraid of your future. I call this the um, the uh, coffin of confusion. So imagine this, mm-hmm. Sharika. Imagine the person you love and trust the most right now immediately rips out half your brain, stuffs you in a coffin, throws you in the middle of the ocean, right? Okay. You're questioning, okay, what just happened? What was real? And because you're missing half your brain, the synaptics aren't working. You're also thinking, oh my God, am I going to be swallowed by a whale right now? What's going to go on? I'm in survival mode. How do I get out of this coffin, whatever? And because you're in the middle of the ocean, stuck in a coffin, you have no idea what your future is holding. That right there is the experience somebody goes through during what's called D-Day, Discovery Day, meaning that's when you find the phone numbers under your mattress. That's when you yeah. find the lip gloss in your car. That's yeah. when you discover, you know, right. avians. That's, that's the time you're looking up and you see the person with the hammer. That's the coffin of confusion. You can't think. And this is where you find people immediately vomiting immediately shrieking, screaming at the top of their lungs, immediately going from standing up to falling to their knees because their knees gave out. That's the coffin of confusion. And now, Sharika, you have to not only deal with everything they put you through, but now what do we do? We start blaming ourselves. Mm. Why didn't I see this coming? Why didn't I pick up on those clues? Why why was I such a fool? How stupid could I have been? And then that negative dialogue starts happening, which I tell people, you got to be very careful. I know why. Mm. Because we narrate, then we ruminate, and then we marinate. And Mm. once we get into that stage where we marinate, now we're creating new neural pathways in our brain that's going to make healing that much harder. So be very careful with your internal dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to the intentionality part with this, with your imagery of the person back at the top of the bridge holding the hammer, because there, you know, when we experience that as a receiver of the betrayal, we automatically, the first thing we assume is that they, they have done it intentionally. And as the example you gave before, sometimes it doesn't happen intentionally. Sometimes they were just protecting themselves or they were just, um, they were just projecting their own hurts and their own traumas. But then there are times when that hurts is very intentional. They intentionally lied for you. They intentionally manipulated you. And what's coming to mind right now, I don't know if you watch a lot of TV, but um, the ten, no, yeah, the Tinder Swindler on Netflix. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it, no. So Tinder, Tinder Swindler and what is the other one? I think it's called Bad Vegan. And have you heard of that one? No. So, okay, I'm going to need you to watch these two shows. As a relationship coach, we got to watch okay. these shows. Okay. It, it's, Let me um, write them down. Yeah. Tinder Swindler is about someone who was um, a young lady. She was literally taken advantage of by someone she met on Tinder. Yeah, Tinder, the dating app. But it wasn't just one woman, it was a series of women. And then Bad Vegan was about a woman who was taken advantage of by someone she met online on social media, not through a dating app, but someone she met online and fell in love with. And the significance about Bad Vegan, it reminds me of uh, betrayal trauma because this was someone that she got to know. Um, There were a couple people who vouched for him. And so they began this romantic relationship. And at the end of the day, he took advantage of her 
wanting to be a good person. He took advantage of her money. He event took advantage of her trust. He even took advantage of her business, which is why it became the name of the series is called Bad Vegan because she had a vegan restaurant that was very well known in New York City. And he swindled money out of the company and could not afford to pay the investors, could not afford to pay the employees. It was a whole situation. And so what, but what was significant about this particular story is even after that betrayal, she went back because she was trying to make the relationship work even after she had been betrayed by him. He had taken millions of dollars from her, millions of dollars from the company. She was able to raise the money to get the, the restaurant open again, but then she went back in relationship with the same guy. So let's talk about that for a minute. Is it possible to reconcile a relationship when you have experienced betrayal trauma intentionally. Okay, let me just say a couple of things because yeah. that was very, very loaded, which any good Netflix show usually right. <laughs> And this is a true story, by the way. You can Google Are you it. serious? <laughs> yes. Lord have mercy. The true okay. story. Um, so a couple things. Number one, I'd want to talk to this lady a little bit more to say, does she have a trauma attachment? Like oftentimes we get attached to the person um, who has betrayed us. That's number one. There's another term for it. I just can't think of it right now. Number two, you got to keep in mind, we, we date on the level of our self-esteem. Yes. So if your self-esteem and self-confidence and self-worth is high, the caliber of person that you expect to be with is going to be there too. Um, also, you know, there's also other insecurities we have. And I feel bad for you women because you have a biological clock. Women that want kids, I mean, they'll put yeah. up with a lot of crap just because they want kids or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So there's other, there's a million, there's a myriad reasons, you know, blah, blah, blah. But a couple of things I want to say is one of the, th uh, speaking of you women, now that I can, uh, just to use that term, <laughs> I think God, this is my belief, gave God, women a second brain which is called the intuition, which yeah. is often far stronger than your actual brain. I See, I think a lot of times men and women do this uh, all the time. We, we, we manipulate our heart and we try to play with our mind. So for instance, well, you know, he only talks to her, you know, at eight o'clock at night after dinner for an hour or, well, you know, he doesn't want to get caught in traffic. So he goes out for a drink after that. We, we, we play with our heart and mind with all these things mm -hmm. when really we should be listening to our gut intuition yes. because our gut intuition is going to be giving us those red flags. For instance, you know, that uh, analogy I gave you when you're walking across the, um, uh, the bridge, bridge. Mm -hmm. there were times that bridge was shaking a little bit and somebody actually saw the glimmer of a hammer in the person in front of their hands, but they didn't question it. They didn't question it. Something in their gut um, gave them a little hint of something. They didn't question it, which by the way, that's called betrayal blindness. I don't know if we cover mm -hmm. that or if you want to, but it's, the, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's basically, uh, it's our body's way of going into the um, freeze, you know, the, the fighter freeze. Yeah. It's our body's way of going into freeze because now it's made, it's betrayal blindness is supposed to protect us. Yeah. And I know I'm not getting to your question. I apologize. I will get to it. <laughs> um, betrayal blindness is supposed to protect us. What it does is it, is it forces us not to acknowledge and confront what we think because there's a bigger, more dire picture. For example, 
Uh, I'll use again, the male, female couple with kids. A lot of times a female will be like, I have a suspicion he's doing something, but geez, if I confront him and it's right, I'm going to have to tell my kids we're going to get a divorce and then I'm going to have to get a divorce. Then I'm going to have to lose that with my parents and I'm going to lose this and I'm going to lose my white picket fence house. No, you know what? I'm just, no, no, no. I'm just not, I'm not, it's fine. I'm not going to trust my gut. No, suppress, 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 which by the way, it's sad because then when you do finally discover, which nine times out of 10, you will, now you're not only fighting all the marital stuff. Now you're, now you got to fight your internal stuff. Why didn't I? Why didn't I allow myself to see the red flags? Which, by the way, if you do the healing after betrayal, your red flags do become non-negotiables. So healing mm-hmm. is, but whatever. I don't want to get on all that stuff. <laughs> um, um, anyways, I'd want to talk to the, uh, so is healing possible? A couple of things. Number one, s- statistics show uh, about 70% of betrayed spouses who both want to work on moving forward can not only move forward, but be better than ever. Yeah. Without question. However, both parties want to want it. Do you know how many times I talk to people and they're like, I want to fight for your marriage. I want to fight for my marriage. I want to fight for my marriage. And I'm like, honey, you don't have a marriage. You're fighting for what? So, you know, if both parties are on board and admit and and committed and dedicated and motivated and want to change, oh, Hell, absolutely. You can be yeah. better than before, but you both got to want it. So going back to this bad vegan thing, uh, I, I don't know if the guy, if the guy kind of saw the light and he wants to make true change. Oh, no. Um, th- okay. Then, then, no. then, like I said before, there's <laughs> no marriage choice. to fight for. Exactly. There, she no made the choice to, to continue that. She made the choice to, um, to give him continued money because to give you the, the, the scenario he painted for her and and the commentary on this video was quite interesting because um the commentary was that as vegans and this is such i don't like the stereotype but as vegans vegans tend are, are vegans because they're seeking a higher spiritual path and so the this guy comes in and he preys on that ideal that she has for herself to seek a higher spiritual path and so he sells her on this idea that there are gods that he has access to, but she doesn't. And in order to prove herself to these guys and get the same access to these guys as he does, she has to detach herself from worldly things, primarily money. So he would ask. <laughs> and just conveniently, he wants to attach himself to that money. That I mean, it's, right. it's so funny because somebody as brilliant and educated and smart as a, uh, somebody who can create a successful business would fall for nonsense. Yeah. Um, uh, is ridiculous. I, you know, I just want to say, going on this premise here, I think the one of the biggest, the only way, Sharika, you can move forward with a betrayal, is if both parties know the why. Yeah. You have to know the why of the betrayal. And here's the key. The betr- the why has to be me, myself, and I. Listen, if you and I are married right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I betray and we decide to work things out and you say, why, Mr. J, why did you do that to me? Whatever. And I say, well, listen, you gained a lot of weight. You haven't been keeping the house clean. You've been- Is that me, myself, and I? Nope. No, no, no. So the why has to be me, myself, and I yeah. And it should be before we even met. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Because, because if, if a guy doesn't understand or the girl, whomever's betrayed, yeah. doesn't understand the why they cannot 
have the compassion or the understanding of the gravity of what they did or how to heal or not. So they have to know the why, and it has to be before the relationship even started. I had trauma, unhealed trauma from my childhood. Mm -hmm. uh, so this did happen to me and, and I tried to act out. Um, I never felt validated as a young child and um, I needed validation above and beyond, you know, my marriage, because again, nothing to do outside of your has to be me, myself and I, yeah. not to mention, nobody's going to feel um, confident and moving forward without that. Why? Because listen, right. if I come and tell you, listen, I did this because I had a midlife crisis. Well, you know what? I'm going to have another one in 10 years. What does that mean? I'm going to betray you in 10 years. Right. So it's got to be me, myself and I, and it's got to be before the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing um, that I've also seen, even when the other partner, the partner who did the betraying, he can identify, well, I did this behavior because this is how I was raised this is what I witnessed, or I experienced this trauma growing up. So I am acting that out. What I see from women is, oh, you weren't loved properly. You weren't raised properly. You weren't do this. Let me love you right. Let me, <laughs> let me uh, overcompensate for your trauma. And, and what they're doing is taking the power and the privilege away from them for doing the work to heal their trauma, to heal their behavior. They can become a better person. They're just going to take it upon themselves. And I'm not a trauma expert. That almost seems like, another trauma in and of itself, right? Like, help me out here. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly that could be an aspect of, of, of not only uh, the female coming from a place of a traumatic, traumatic back, but also a inaccurate um, trauma response yeah. to something. But, you know, a lot of times, um, listen, and I don't want to offend anybody that's listening. A lot of times we do things for selfish reasons. Mm. So we want to help someone um, because it'll make ourselves feel good that we help them yeah, or we want to help someone. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I saved my marriage. I'm a superhero. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, that we do it for selfish reasons, but, but you know what? Sometimes, um, uh, you have to love somebody enough to, to like, for instance, if what, if some, if your loved one has a blindfold on and they're walking towards a fire, and you see the fire, you mm -hmm. see the pit, and you keep, let's just say their name is Anthony, doesn't matter. Anthony, you're walking towards a fire, turn. Mm -hmm. Anthony, you're walking towards a fire, turn. And they keep walking, they're ignoring, they hear you. Yeah. Anthony, oh my God, you're, at some point I say, you just, yep. gotta, be singed. You just gotta be singed a little. Then you'll, yeah. let, you know, yeah, you, you gotta let people singe sometimes <laughs> and, and, it's, and come back and say, I want this because I want this. Not because you're going to love me through it. Cause you've been loving me through our marriage for 20 years. And I still did this. Yeah. I'm, I got to love myself enough to, to love me through this. If we can do this together. Wonderful. We'll create a whole 2.0 marriage. We'll yeah. create a whole new relationship where we're two different people, two different expectations, two different rules, a completely different life together. But, but, but people got to heal individually. Yeah, absolutely. And so speaking of healing, if you've experienced betrayal trauma, how do you, as the receiver of that, begin your healing process? Because it could vary, that, that experience could very well trigger something in you. Again, I've seen where people, when they receive a betrayal, they want to betray that. If they receive a betrayal, they want to 
make them the villain and start spreading to everybody everything that they did wrong. Or, you know, there are other responses that are just as unhealthy and they think that they're entitled to that type of response. I think you're entitled to your feelings because when you're betrayed, you may feel angry initially. Like, really, no, you're really gonna leave me hanging <laughs> or you really left me out here by myself. So you're entitled to feel angry, but how do you get to the point of healing? Yeah, yeah. Let me just say something. When you are betrayed, and let me just also say this, the amount of... um the amount of dependency you had on the person who betrayed you is in direct correlation to the amount of pain you're going to feel. So, um, so like, uh, well, I don't know if I need to go over that anymore. So the, the more you depended on somebody, the more painful the betrayal is going to be. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, one of the things I tell people all the time is, um, when you, are go through the discovery of betrayal because betrayal robs us of our choice Mm -hmm. the only thing to um, empower us is to give our choice back so for instance and this is hard in the initial in in the initial phase sharika when you're still in the fetal position in bed sobbing yeah it's very hard but one of the things you have to do is number one empower yourself by slowing your mind down because during this time of discovery d-day and even even weeks and months after because you're still tremendously triggered you have to slow your mind down you have Mm -hmm. to slow your mind down because your mind gets hijacked and once your mind gets hijacked your amygdala kicks in which is our emotional aspect Mm -hmm. and we're not thinking logically we have to get back into that frontal cortex that that logical mindset one of the ways to do that is to slow the mind down. How do you do that? There's many, many different ways to do that. Number one, uh, ask yourself, and you should do this audibly out loud because out of everybody in the world, our voices who we're going to believe in here the yes. most are, so you should really do this out loud. Um, okay. Am I safe right now? Am I, is there a hungry tiger by my bed growling, mm. ready to chew on me? No, there's not. Do, is somebody holding a gun to my head right now? No. So I am safe. I am safe because what happens is that when we get triggered emotionally after betrayal, Mm -hmm. our nervous system's in chaos. So we got to get our nervous system back to square one. And one of the ways to do that is to really calm our thoughts, calm our body. Then there's a bunch of different techniques, such as grounding yourself. You can do this with the um, rainbow technique. Look um, Look around your room for something red, then look around for something orange, then yellow, Roy G. Biv, the rainbow Mm -hmm. thing. uh, there's also, you know, your five senses. What can I breathe right now? What, what am I smelling? What am I seeing? So you have to calm your brain down. Um, then Sharika, what's important is you have to give yourself back what was robbed and that's your yeah. choice. Yeah. And so what that means is I'm choosing today to go to the store, to buy bread, to make my kids a sandwich. Uh, cause unfortunately, like I said, betrayal is its own secret society. You still have to get up and make your kids a meal. You still have to go to work. You still have to get up and leave the house and put a fake smile on your face and present yeah. it to the world and society, but give yourself choices. I'm going to make my, I'm going to allow myself for an hour to cry on bed in bed right now. Mm-hmm. Give yourself that choice. I'm going to make the choice to go buy bread so I can make my kids a sandwich. Now, a lot of people listening might right now might be saying, well, that's not a choice. You got to feed your kids. No, no, no. No, yeah. no, no. It's a choice. It's a cho- you could have brought you could have bought bread yesterday. 
You right. can buy bread tomorrow. You could you could buy bread at 7 p.m. or 2 p.m. Give yourself right. the choice of when you're going to choose to go buy bread. Because exactly. so much of your choice is robbed from you. You got to give yourself that choice. Another thing I would say real quick, uh, and then I'll, I'll stop here, is um, create a lifeline list. You got to create a mm -hmm. lifeline list. And the reason this is important is because when your brain is hijacked, you're not thinking logically. Um, so write down what you need and some people or ways to combat that need. So for instance, what are three people that you can call at any given moment, even in the middle of the night, that'll, that'll pray with you? Yeah. What are three people that will come and watch your kids at a moment's notice so you can get in your car and scream, shout, swear, punch the steering wheel? Right. What are three restaurants that will deliver pizza because there's going to be days you're in the fetal position in bed and you can't cook, but your kids still got to eat? Right. So give yourself a lifeline this because when your brain is hijacked, you can't think, now, wait a minute, did Domino's deliver or was that Pizza Hut? No, you're not thinking that. You're thinking, I want to get a knife and stab the person who hurt me. Right. And then, oh my God, what am I going to do tomorrow? Am I going to survive? So you're in survival mode. I'm sorry, did I answer your question? Yeah, no, this is good. I love this. This is all really good because we need these types of conversations. We need these types of tools in our tool belt because although we are not in the habit of expecting to be betrayed by the person that they that we love, what if? Or maybe we have been betrayed in the past by someone that we love. And although we've made it through that, we still don't have any good tools in our toolbox to help us cope with the, with the ongoing feeling. Or if someone may trigger memories of that betrayal from the past, because I remember that happened to me, um, several years ago. Uh, and, and I call it betrayal trauma because I really felt betrayed. I really felt that this person lied to me about everything about his life, even about his brother and his mother. And I'm like, man, like, how do you lie about something so basic as your family? And so, and he lied about his job. He lied about several different things. And we ended up living together. And, um, and I, the relationship is probably five or six years in my past at this point, and I'm dating someone else and I come home and I see the new person in my house laying on the couch. When I tell you that triggered me in so many ways, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Give me a second, go to my room and sit down for a minute because I'm going to cuss you out <laughs> for something somebody did to me five, six years ago. But yeah. it was the image, the position, he didn't do nothing wrong, but it was the image of that that reminded me of past her past betrayal because that's what I came home to when I realized that person had lied to me about his job he was actually sitting at home on this couch and didn't have a job at all and I was like oh so you know we have to have those types of tools and techniques grounding I love grounding you know there are so many different ways to do that getting clarity of mind and having that lifeline having people that you know you can call to talk some sense into you not the one who's going to be in your amen corner girl yes I will put him out girl yes you know he's 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 no good he's probably lying you don't want anyone to feed into your fears feed into your insecurities or feed into that hurt you got to have your lifeline, like you said, someone that you can call and show up with you, someone who you can call to pray with you, someone who can call and just listen to you, because sometimes you may be able to talk yourself off of that ledge, but you just need a safe space, emotionally safe space to do that. So no, you're good. This is all good stuff, Mr. J. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to say um, this, what you said goes back to the age old, age old, age old question can you truly authentically, sincerely, wholeheartedly 
heal from trauma and betrayal mm-hmm. trauma. And I believe that um, much of it you can. Yeah. Some of it you simply learn how to live with. Yes. Because, because uh, I don't know, you, you know, if you don't heal from your wounds of yesterday, you're going to bleed on everyone who didn't hurt Absolutely. you in the future. Absolutely. And people that have betrayed, and I'll put my hand up in the air as well. Mm-hmm. We, we do that a lot. We do that a lot because um, we are now, a lot of times, our mind is on high alert. We're mm-hmm. hypervigilant. Let me make sure I never put myself in that position again. So I'm on hyper, it's like our minds are like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The little sonar radar from the uh, the submarines, right? Yes, yes, yes. And this is why it's important, Sharika. I think, like, like for instance, I don't know if you're familiar with Corey Ten Boom, Victor yeah. Frankel, Nelson Mandela. Yeah. The reason these people went through, I mean, hell. Yes, they. I did. mean, uh, Corey Ten Boom, who was a Nazi prisoner. She was so close with her sister. Her and her sister were, they weren't twins, but they were so close. They loved, and the guards would beat and rape her sister right in front of her just to, you know, make, break her down mentally. Victor Frankel, who was in the Holocaust, who, who um, lost his family and his partner and his, and it was just a senseless brutality. Nelson Mandela, who was, you know, imprisoned on unfairly, whatever. Uh, you know, I don't know, you know what he told his guards uh, when he was at his inauguration? He said, you're welcome to my inauguration because if I don't invite you, mm. I will leave the prison physically, but I'll never leave it mentally. Mm. So what yeah. they did, these people, they attached purpose to their pain. They attached meaning to their mess. They yeah. made their mess their message. So oftentimes what I tell people, listen, I understand you're hurt. I understand you were traumatized. I understand you were a victim, but you got to place yourself from the victim role to the volunteer role. Mm-hmm. That volunteer role puts you in the driver's seat. You are no longer a victim. You are a volunteer. What blessings did you get out of this burden? Yes, you did have a disruption in your life, mm-hmm. but take that disruption and make it your destiny. Yeah. Because I talk to people that are 10, 20, 30 years out of trauma or out of betrayal, who still are reaping the benefits of staying victim. And I know I'm pissing a lot of people off right now by hearing this, <laughs> but you do get benefits being the victim. Yeah, you get your right. story, you get sympathy, you get, you get to close yourself off and choose yeah. not to love anymore. I'm never going to love again because I was hurt. And you know what I tell people? That's wonderful. And that's your choice. And it is. And I respect that. I absolutely yeah. do. But what world would we live in right now if Gordon Ramsay got burnt by a stove and then said, that's it. I'm never going to cook again. Yep. Yeah, you are so right about that. I love it. I love it. And, you know, now now that we, we know some techniques, right, about how to manage when we're going through that betrayal trauma. And even in my example, the, but the trauma happened, you know, five, six years, you know, behind us. And I've gone through the healing process. But like we said, we have this little radar up now because we're trying to protect ourselves from not, from it not happening again. What are some good techniques other than, you know, running and hiding <laughs> or, or saying, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm never trusting a man. I'm never trusting a woman again. What are some techniques we can employ ourselves when we, when we're on the lookout, but we built up this wall because using myself as an example, again, when that, when I had that experience, I knew that 
all men did not lie. And I knew that I wanted to be in another relationship, albeit a healthy relationship. And then when I experienced this trigger, that was the first time I ever experienced a trigger like that. I went to my room and I literally sat down and had a conversation with myself. I'm like, okay, Sharika, am I really angry at the person I'm with now? Or am I still angry at the person from yesterday? And then I remember just kind of breathing to calm myself down and reminding myself of the truth, the truth of who this person is, the truth of who I am, the truth that I am not, you know, that person I was five years ago. And then, you know, something you alluded to earlier, I'm not sure if I did it, but you alluded to one of the things that women have at our strength is our intuition. So what are some things that if we find ourselves triggered again, that we can do to prevent ourselves from going all out into run and retreat mode. Okay. Well, if you would have listened to what you just said, I don't even think you need my advice. (laughs) 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 But let me just say this. Let me just say this. You know, sometimes I tell people, imagine an arrow gets shot into your heart. Okay. And you break off the stick but the arrow still stays in your heart and you do some work. You do a lot of work, yeah. but you can't take that arrow out. Your heart just kind of grows around that arrow. Okay. Yeah. So in the first few days with that arrow in your heart, you go to put a shirt on a bra on or a top on whatever. And you're like, Oh, Ooh, 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 Oh, Oh. Okay. But here's the deal. Fast forward 10, 15 years, you're going to be jogging, running, doing push-ups, putting on shirts, and only once in a while, well, all of a sudden you'll feel that, oh, yeah, that reminder. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's in there. Okay, blah, blah, blah. So healing, so, so, so healing does uh, eventually take the sting away from our mm-hmm. triggers, our emotional flooding. But do they ever go away? I don't believe they do, to be honest yeah. with you, because betrayal changes you. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't learn to be a better person, learn to open your heart again, trust again. But you now, again, you're not going into a relationship blind. You're going into a relationship wise. You're going into a relationship with your eyes wide open. You know, one of the things I tell people all the time is if you were to go visit a wig factory, right? You're to go visit a wig factory and you see a wig, you're like, Mm -hmm. dang, this wig is going on. Look, it's got tens of thousands of hair in it. I love the style. I love this. But if you go to the other side, the other end of that um, line of the factory, all it is is a cape with no hair on it. Mm. Then as you walk up the factory line, you'll say, oh, okay, this has about 50 hairs on it. This has about 100 hairs. This is a thousand hairs. Okay. That's what healing is. It's at first we're devastated. We have no hair on our, on our wig, but with healing, with a lot of healing and a lot of work, we start to see those hairs go on. But what happens is that we might be somewhere on that factory line, but what happens is when we get triggered, you know what we say to ourselves? I'm never going to heal from this. I I can't believe this. What's going on? What's got, whoa, whoa, whoa. You might not have a wig yet, but you don't have an empty scalp. Exactly. Look where you are. Look where you are. And I want to tell you this right now. Do me a favor, fold your arms, just fold your arms. Okay, okay, you're good. You're relatively comfortable. Okay. Yeah. Now fold them the other way. I think, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, you, so 
Okay, so I'm guessing you're not as comfortable as before and you want to go back to folding them the way you originally had them. Yeah. This okay, and you're good. <laughs> this is a part of cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Sharika, listen, you want to go back to what feels comfortable, what's familiar. Mm. That's healing. Healing, all we want to do is we want to go back to what's comfortable, what's familiar. If we want to heal from trauma, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And like I was saying before, one of the ways to do that is number one, keep in mind the growth you've had. Keep in mind the growth you've had. Pebbles make mountains and raindrops make seas. Absolutely. You can, you, you have to say, okay, I might not be at my mountain, but boy, do I got a good hill right now. And I used to have just a few pebbles. So, I, you know, keep your, keep that. Number two, attach meaning to your mess, attach a uh, purpose to your pain. And number three, listen, I'm going to give you a quick analogy. When we're first traumatized or, or, we, or we're first betrayed, imagine this. Imagine there's a big, huge balloon filled with manure bouncing around a box, right? And in that box, there's a sharp pin sticking up from the bottom of it. Initially, that balloon is going to constantly go on the pin, splatter manure all over. What mm -hmm. do we got to do? We got to go and clean it up. We got to address the mess. We got. But before we even get out our cleaning supplies... The next balloon filled with manure lands on the, the pen. And we're like, oh my God. And we're cleaning up and cleaning up. But what happens, Sharika, over time and healing, and you got to be motivated, dedicated and uh, to, to get healing and to want healing and to work on it. And what does that mean? That means not to, not to um, accept your old self, your old thoughts, yeah. your old ways of pattern, which is not yeah. easy. Anyways, fast forward with a lot of healing, that balloon starts getting smaller. And it's, and so it doesn't land on the pin as much. Now it's going to, and basically what that means when it lands on the pin is when we get triggered, when we get emotionally flooded mm -hmm. and we still got manure to clean up, but it's not as often and it's not as much so we can deal with it. No, you're, you're talking a couple of years, couple of months, years down the line, decades, whatever. We've done a lot of healing, a lot of reflection, a lot of introspection. That balloon now is very, very small, and it was replaced with glitter, not manure. Wow. Now, for those of you out there that know, you still have to clean up glitter. You yeah. still do. So, so you still have to clean up. But now, now more so, it's no longer a trigger. It's more of a thought. Yeah. So, and I think that's what happened with you. You came in and you definitely got a trigger, but immediately it went more towards a thought. Yeah. Because I'm telling you something, if you would have walked in, years or months ago and saw that person on the couch, maybe you would have got, your knees would have got weak or oh, you would have yeah. been said, oh, biatch, oh, off the couch. Right. <laughs> so, so I think a lot of times we don't necessarily heal a hundred percent from betrayal and trauma. We simply learn how to live with it. And that's from growing our wings. So if we land on the branch, we can trust the branch, but even if that branch decides to give out, we got our wings to, to back us up up. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Mr. J. I have really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I know our audience did too. So before we go, is there any, do you have a, a parting thought or one last thing you want our audience to walk away with from our conversation today? Okay. So are you seriously asking somebody that loves to talk if I have one last thought? <laughs> okay. One last sentence. <laughs> Give me a sentence, maybe two. <laughs> okay, let me just say this really quick, just because we did talk about reconciliation. I do want to say this. If both parties are on board with reconciliation, it not only is probable, it's predictable. 70% of couples that come together can. And I just want to say this. So many times I hear people say, 
I can't believe A, B, and C did this to me. I'll never be able to look at them again the same. I'll never be able to respect them the same. I'll never be able to trust or honor them the same. And you know what I say? You know what mm -hmm. I tell them? I say, you're right. You're absolutely right. You will never look at this person again the same. You will never respect this person the same. However, if you together decide to do the individual hard work where you're going to grow and learn from this and become that 2.0 person, now you're starting a relationship with somebody who might smell the same, look the same, talk the same, but they're a completely different person. Yeah. You got a completely different relationship. So no, you will never respect that old person again, but sure enough, you can respect and honor this new person. Yeah, I love it. I love you. Thank you for that reminder. It's such a great reminder. So if someone wants to learn more about what you do or actually work with you as a betrayal trauma practitioner, how can they get in contact with you? So uh, I have the easiest website, I think, on the face of the planet. It's um, my name. It's MrJRelationshipCoach.com. But I'll tell you what, even if somebody goes to my website and they have no interest in talking to me, hearing from me, working with me, hearing my voice again, please just take advantage of the many free resources I have on my website. I, I, I upload uh, everyday videos on YouTube. I call them my daily doses of vitamin J. Mm -hmm. um, I have, I'm all over social media and I'm constantly giving out free content because I could care less about making money from coaching to buy a castle in the sky, which by the way, if you look at how much I charge for coaching sessions, I don't think I'd ever be able to do that. <laughs> and, and the reason for that is because I always said, I want to help the broken, the brokenhearted and the broke. I, I, this yeah. isn't a, a money-making thing for me, number one. And number two, I want to take the lessons of my own suffering to help other people that are in pain, prevent them to give them further suffering. Yeah. So even if you don't come to my website, for me, MrJRelationshipCoach.com, go for the free resources. Yeah, absolutely. And I have been on your website and I've seen the resources and they are so valuable. And you also have a lot of other products just to help with the healing process too. And I love that as well. So MrJRelationshipCoach.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sharika. I appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And to my audience, thank you again for joining us here on another episode of Orgasmic Relationship. And as always, be bold, brilliant, and completely unstoppable in the pursuits of what your heart desires in life and in your relationships. I'll talk to you next time.